0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. So, I have a question. Have you ever read or studied the Bible or heard a teaching... Or maybe listen to a sermon on the radio and thought, wow, this message is perfect for so-and-so. Like everything they said, I wish my husband, I wish my wife could hear, and I really think most of us have. See, there are some good messages out there that we feel would greatly benefit others. We always do that. Wow, this is a good message. I know so-and-so is going through that. But let me, let me say it like this. Let me say it like this. Have you ever read or studied the Bible, heard a teaching, or maybe listened to a sermon or on the radio or thought, God is speaking directly to me. This message right now is for me. And then you would say something like, I've read that passage a hundred times, and now it's literally jumping off the page. Now, there are times, if we're being honest, that this happens to all of us. And what the Word of God does is something amazing. It brings sweet conviction. In other words, we look at our heart and we go, something needs to change. It's sweet conviction. And we need to understand that as conviction because the opposite of conviction is guilt. The enemy will bring guilt and make you feel guilty for that. But conviction of the Holy Spirit goes, Oh, 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 oh. I need to change. I need to change. But the Word of God will do something else. It would also often bring encouragement to you. It would bring encouragement. In other words, you're reading something and you get that same spirit like, Hang in there. You know, God's promises are true. I often relate to David because David had that struggle, the same struggles we did. And I don't know if you can hang, hang out with David or not, but when you think about David, David was like, I mean, there were times he was the king of, of Israel, and there were times he was out on the run, and there were times when he asked the Lord, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. And, and, and we've all been there. Why am I, so, why am I super bummed? Why, why do I feel like this inside? And I think about things like that and I think, man, these guys I think I think Pastor Soph brought it when he spoke the last time. He brought we think of these guys as super Christians and and we realize they're just like us or we're just like them. And so we go, okay, so we can relate. That's the key. So so the word of God says, Hey, 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 something needs to change and, and we need to be open to that. Can I get an amen? But we also we also feel encouragement. Now, if we were to apply either one of these scenarios, we could easily say, when it comes to the first, we read the scripture. We read the scripture, felt a little bit of conviction that something needs to change. But when it comes to the second, we let the scriptures read us. We let the scriptures read up. Now, I bring this up tonight because as we are introduced once again prophetically to this person known as the Antichrist. And what you guys got to wrap your brain around is that the Antichrist is probably even in the world today. And so many powerful men, so many, I, I, I just Googled a couple today. I just said, hey, who's, who, who are the most powerful um, rabbis in Israel? Just Israel. And I'll explain where I'm going with that later on. In the And, and it brought up nine powerful rabbis people and it brought up some stuff i really didn't want to read i was like wow i didn't oh, i didn't realize this i didn't realize that but we know the spirit of antichrist is in the world we know we know moving forward that evil is not is not hiding behind anything anymore we know when we fight with with all of these things that are going on in our world with all the retailers and all the woke things and 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 trends and and all of this stuff when when we when we realize that the you know where it's coming from we we see that evil's not hiding anymore not hiding anymore one of the designers i shared with you um one of the designers for the new target line was one of them who was saying we You know, Satan is basically whoever we want him to be. If we need hope, he's hope. And he's not a person. And and people are so deceived. And I was thinking about what Jesus told us in Matthew 24. He told the disciples, don't be deceived. That's the very first thing. We need to make sure we're not deceived. But do you realize that Paul tells us that too? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. It's almost like the Holy Spirit knew what was going to happen in these last days and wanted to make sure we weren't deceived because there would be a grand deception going forth in our world. And when I say world, guys, you need to understand, it's not just the United States, it's the world. It's the world. The one country I remember, when things got bad growing up as the first, a brand new believer, I used to think, well, things get bad in the United States, I'm going to Israel. God loves Israel, he loves his people, and Israel is holy, and, and we come to find out that um, although it's the Holy Land, not everybody's holy in Israel. we are just like, ah, oh, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Tonight, we're introduced, once again, prophetically, to this anti-Christ. Now, what you need to know is anti is not only opposite, but he tries to mimic and he tries to be like Christ. You understand that? So that he's deceiving people. Oh, no, no, he's very much against God. He's very much against anti. He's anti-Christ, but in the same way, He's wanting to deceive people to think that he is the Messiah. We've talked about this in Revelation, and we've talked about this in what's going down, and basically the seven years. I want you to put your thinking caps on for just a moment. Think about the seven-year tribulation. We're in heaven, and we go, amen. We're, we're worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But I want you to think what's happening here on earth. You've got an evil madman. Who's wanting to destroy anything that's good that's christian he's wanting to he'll he'll torture people he'll do whatever it takes all the while pretending to to get the Jewish people on his side as people think he's the messiah as a matter of fact, if you google there's a young rabbi he's thirty two years old in Israel right now, and a lot of people are 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 just flocking to him. He he was born with an innate gift to be able to memorize the, the 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 Torah. He's it's just he's unbelievable. And at age 32, he can he's just he's astounding. Even the older rabbis. Well, of course, Christians have have just um, I'm, I titled him the false Messiah. I mean, there's, there's there's just so much. But but in Israel right now, that's kind of what's going on. They're they're sort of following this young kid. And I found it interesting. This is just me. I found it interesting that he was 32 years old, and I'm going, wait a minute, that's all right. Huh, are we that close? Could he rise up? I don't know. I don't know. My hope and my prayer, and you guys know this, our church, our vision, our goal, the leadership, and our prayer is that none of us will ever see the Antichrist. That's our prayer. That's what we, this is, what gets you up in the morning? The fact that we are on a mission. It's not that we have to go to work or we have to go here. We have to do that. Listen, church, let's be honest. We're on a mission. We're on a mission to depopulate hell and populate heaven. And we do that by allowing the Spirit to live in us and through us as we go out in our... This is God is so brilliant. God is so brilliant. He says, listen, here's what I'm going to do with the church. I'm going to bring you all into a building. The building's not the church. You're the church. But I'm going to equip you to do the work of the ministry. It's such amazing things to see you guys do the work of the ministry. You know, when we were smaller, believe it or not, we were smaller the pastor was called on all the time hey can you go to the hospital can you pray for so-and-so can you do this can you do that but what i've come to find out is now all of a sudden you guys are taking that and you're doing those things and i and uh, and i felt a little a little i felt a little left out i was like hey wait a minute but then i realized that's exactly what you want them to do you want the people to do the work of the ministry you equip them so they do hospital calls, so they check on Beverly, so they so they make sure that people are. are and, and I just I'm just rejoicing. I feel like I feel like the Apostle John. I'm like, oh, it's so cool to see them do that. But we need to be doing the work of the ministry. Now, the eleventh chapter here in the book of Daniel, it can be divided into two sections. Do you guys remember? You see, last week we talked about the prophecy fulfilled. We talked about history. History. See, the first 35 verses of chapter 11, it deals with world events that would occur during almost 500 years before Jesus was born. For Daniel, writing in 530 BC, it was prophecy. But for us today, we look back and it's history. It's history. You see, that's why so many people get so uh, so angry at the book of Daniel, because they go, there's no way that they, he can accurately pinpoint this five hundred, however many years, 200 years before, 300 years before. There's no way. I know what he did. He, everybody watched history. Somebody wrote it down, and then somebody wrote a book and said, this is the book of Daniel, and then they dated it, they time-stamped it, and said, this is why. And it's like, no, 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 no. God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gave Daniel all of this information, and it was prophetic. For us, it's history. Why? Well, think about the quote that we learned several weeks ago. We said, History provides a forensic evidence when it comes to biblical prophecy. History provides a forensic evidence when it comes... You go, what does that mean? Well, think about this, okay? When you and I take a look back at world history we can easily determine that history is the scientific evidence as it relates to the past and the foretelling of future events. It is known as biblical prophecy. Biblical prophecy. So what does Daniel do? 35 verses in Daniel 11 is simply prophetic for them as it was written 500 years before any of it would happen. And it serves as forensic evidence to biblical prophecy. Prophecy. And you can write next to that, history. History. That's the first section. The second section in Daniel chapter 11 is a little bit different. In verses 36 to 45, it's actually prophecy predicted. It's going to talk about our future. Our future. So so chapter 11 is deals with the past. We see the history. But now it's going to deal with the future. The focus of our verses is the Antichrist. For you see, this section is going to deal with the Antichrist as a future career. Now, we've studied this in detail in the past, so here's the question. The question tonight is how does this impact my world? You see, you might come on a Wednesday night study and say, Oh, we're studying about the Antichrist. Oh, okay. Well, we've already studied him, but I'm not going to be here, so I really need to tune out. I'm going to, no, 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 no. We need to ask ourselves, How does this study impact my world? Well, tonight, I thought we would spend some time looking at the details of the Antichrist, but then take a moment to allow the Scriptures to read us. To read us. You go, Ben, what does that mean? Well, since my hope in prayer is that none of us will be here to see the Antichrist, in other words, we've been truly born again, and we get to go home in the rapture before the tribulation begins, that's what my hope is. And since this is where we're going, let's break down verses 36 to 45 in a way that we can allow the scriptures to read us. Now, before we jump into our text, let's remember a few things. You go, what's the things? If you're taking note, jot this down. This, we need to know the purpose of prophecy. The purpose of prophecy. I, I I need to know. In chapters 10 through 12, we said this serves and this forms a single vision of latter days. Whenever you see latter days, it's the days we're living in right now. Daniel is very, it's a very interesting book because Because the description is going to give us about a fella of of Antiochus Epiphanes, but if you'll study it a little bit deeper, he doesn't completely fulfill all that Daniel's seen. Why? Because not only was it Antiochus Epiphanes, but he was actually giving us insight to the Antichrist, to the one that would come probably in our lifetime. In our lifetime. Daniel, when he gets this chapters 10, 11, and twelve guys, you need to know, man, he was just super invigorated by chapter Ten, and then he receives the vision, the predictions in chapter eleven, and then now we see we 're going to see that he responds to them in chapter twelve. So before we go on, and I want to remind you um, what are the what 's the value of prophecy, what are the benefits of prophecy? Why do we study? prophecy now let me say this there are a lot of churches out there and i i'm not a church basher i I love that they're preaching the word of god but a lot of them won't touch prophecy they don't want to talk about revelation they don't want to talk about anything and uh but but for us we're a little bit different we we go verse by verse we want to cover prophecy we want to see what's going to happen we want to we want to send the alarm all of us are watchmen on the wall and we're seeing the coming of the end of days now it should do a couple of things. Now I'm going to give you three, but let me just see. What does prophecy do for you in your walk? Well, it it, it makes us well. It makes us refocus our lives. Like like, where's my life going? What what's it? And it and it helps us to, to go. Listen, I I don't want to get caught up in drama. I don't want to get caught up in the little things. I want to focus my life in living for Jesus and taking and not taking every day and 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 taking it for granted but living life every single day. Now, that's hard to do. It's hard to do to get up in the morning and go, all right, yes, we're going to praise God all day long because we just do life. But when we think about, okay, okay, let me see if I can illustrate it this way. You go to the doctor, and Lord forbid, he gives you a diagnosis that you are going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die in six months. You go, six months, okay. You sure? I'm sure. Um, this is my record. These are the. You have the same thing. All these people had six months. You have the same thing. You're going to die. Well, I'm a Christian. I'm not. No, you're going to die in six months. You go okay. So you go. Let's see. That leaves me July, August, September, October, November, December. So once I finish Christmas, I'm done. Now, part of you rejoices because you get to go to heaven. Part of you is like, Amen. Let's go. But I wonder, let's be honest, would it change your attitude in your everyday life? Would it change how you live? You go, absolutely. If I got that, and I'm saying, listen, again, think about what you would do. You would tell the people that you love a little bit more. Hey, I want to just tell you, guys, I love you. You might have a hug or an embrace of someone you love, and you might hold on just a little bit longer. You might want to go and ask forgiveness of, of just the silly and, 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 and stuff that we've done, right? I'm so sorry. You might want to call up some old friends that you know you've been distant with and, and just reconcile, hey, I'm so sorry, would you, would you please forgive me? Well, what's the sudden change? Well, I'm going to be gone here in a few months. I just, want to, I just want the slate clean. You might take a moment and appreciate the sunsets just a little bit more. Or you might look at the beauty of the sunrise and just bask in it. You see, when it comes to prophecy and we see where the world is going, that's what it should do for us but what it really should do is number 1 it gives us and here's the benefits it's it's knowing the mind of god this is what prophecy does amos chapter 3 verse 7 says this the fact is god right the fact is god the master does nothing without first telling his prophets the whole story this verse tells us that prophets themselves are inspired of god a truth that's supported by the New Testament. For we read, God spoke in past times to the fathers by his prophets. That, that's given to us in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Before the message of the prophets, we must bow humbly if we desire to know God's secret concerning the things to come. You see, the eternal, omniscient God assures his people that much of that which he intends to do, he actually told through his prophets. What do prophets do? Well, the prophets, if you remember, warn of coming judgment. They warn us of wars and perilous times and famines and the like, not because of the the, the calamity howler, but rather as an announcer that which God has told them will come to pass. He says, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. My mind takes me back to the book of Hosea. Do you guys remember Hosea? I won't go into deep detail, but Hosea was trying to warn the people that their judgment was coming. And he kept going out, and and they kept scoffing at him because Israel was doing so well at the time. They were being blessed, their wares, and and many of them looked at at Hosea and said, Would you stop prophesying? Would you stop talking about judgment? Would you stop talking... Why, would, how, why are we going to be judged if God is blessing us materially? I don't understand. And yet, this is exactly what the prophets do. They know the mind of God, and we know what happened. I think it was the Assyrians who came in and wiped them out. Another benefit, another value of prophecy, jot this down, it really is a light in a dark world a light in a dark world. I mean, I want you to put on your thinking caps. See, ever since the development and the use of the atomic bomb, men of all walks of life, statesmen, scientists, historians, politicians, naturalists, uh, industrialists, are asking, in effect, where are we going? What's next? When will the end come? Many books written since the first explosion of that atomic bomb, including Time for a Decision, Persuade or perish, the annihilation of man, no place to hide, indicate man's uncertainty and concern about the future. You see, just the other day as I was slipping through the channels and I came across the news, and maybe you heard the news, but basically what was going on with Iran is Iran has nuclear capabilities. The problem with Iran is that they're afraid to use the nuclear, but they have it in and. In, 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 and they want to use it specifically against israel okay so wrap your mind around that they're scared to use it and if they had a big brother come behind them and go hey we've got your back they would very much and and, and so we went from the atomic bomb to a nuclear bomb to we're going what what what's left in this world what's left in this world i think of i think of things like that you know when you think of natural just explosions and nuclear bombs. And I'm thinking, you know what? God could wipe out the entire human population with a mosquito. You know that, right? I mean, he could bring... I mean, it's just like, we don't need all of it. Man created this, but God goes, look, I'm going to wipe you up. You see, the New Testament is clearly that prophetic scriptures are essential to you and I to have a light and a pathway of the future think about this and jot it down somewhere second peter 1:19 says this so we have a prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts so what does prophecy do guys it shines a light in a dark place it shines a light so you and i can go but it also brings what it, it also brings comfort and hope Comfort and hope, how does how does knowing that there is going to be an Antichrist out there that's going to destroy the world, how is that going to bring comfort and hope? Well, think about this. I mentioned it last week. Dr. Wilbur M. Smith suggests that there are three different attitudes one may take toward the future. The first is indifference. Indifference. Well, Kesara Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The second is fear. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And the third is hope. Hope. No intelligent person would take the first. No one needs to be ensnared in the second. But all can possess the third. There is comfort and hope for all believers who love and study the Bible. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, jot this down somewhere. It says, For whatever things are written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Hope. At Calvary Chapel, our distinctive is to teach verse by verse by verse by verse. But we also realize that the the scriptures are what? They bring hope as well as as well as conviction as well as all of these things they bring hope and you go well pastor what was the point well I, what i want you to see is there is great value in prophecy in prophecy now as we jump into our text let me set the stage 10 11 and 12 i want you to wrap your mind around this because this is the one final climatic prophecy right here. This is this is it. It actually is a clarification and a simplification of the earlier visions Daniel received. Now think about this. If you were here with us or you were not here with us, Daniel chapter seven, Daniel he, he has a dream of four animals, each representing the kingdom. In Daniel chapter eleven, he there are no statues. There's no animals. The prophecy is shared, straightforward, in an uncomplicated way. So today, the Antichrist, the future ruler, the future king, if you will, will bring its earth, the earth, to his knees. Now, I want you to see something. I want you to see something, okay? I want you to see where the world is going. We're in a place right now where everything is going to be controlled centrally by the world. There's going to be a one world religion. There's going to be a one world currency. There's going to be one world government. There's going to be a one world health organization. We already see that. Right now you have something called the World Economic Forum. And they want to get one currency, one currency. And so here's what what a lot of people see us doing. We say, oh, well, we're in trouble, let's print more money, and the more money we print, the less it's valued, it, the dollar drops. And so you go, okay, well, that's not going to work, well, I, I've got an idea. When you become bankrupt, what do you do? Well, let's start over with a different currency. So you have this World Economic Forum, you know that. Then you have the World Health Organization the World Health Organization, to which we signed and gave up sovereignty for the next pandemic or whatever comes through here, that they're going to take the lead on what needs to happen. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. The World Health Organization. And so you go, wow. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is the Antichrist the future ruler will be in charge of all of these things, a one-world government, a one-world, a new world order, a world health organization, a world economic forum. And he is going to demand worship and seek to destroy God's people, Israel. 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 That's what's on the horizon. So, with that, let's look at verse 36 to 45. And I want you to keep in mind, like you're reading, the Antichrist's resume. Okay? Look at it, look at verse 36. It says, then the king shall do according to his own will. Now when it says king, who is he talking about? Church, he's talking about this coming ruler, this Antichrist. Now it's a dual prophecy because he's going to we we have been introduced to someone called Antiochus Epiphanes. And so Antiochus Epiphanes fulfilled this role when he did the abomination of desolation, but also we see a future abomination of desolation. Now we say when the king, then the king shall do according to his own will, he shall exalt and magnify himself above every God. He shall speak blasphemies against the God of gods and shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. For what has been determined shall be done. He shall regard neither the God of his fathers nor the desire of women nor regard to any God. He shall exalt himself above them all. Your attention, please. This is the resume. This is the starting resume of this future world ruler, known as the Antichrist. Remember, I told you, anti not only means against God, but also he's going to mimic God. He's going to. That's what Antiochus Epiphanes did. If you recall, Antiochus the Fourth says, "I'm going to change my name to Epiphanes," which gives us illustrious, which. Which um, sort of says that he's deity. So basically, he's going, "I'm Antiochus God," and we see that, guys. And if you're real careful, we see that in today's world. Somehow, from from 2020 to now, we have catapulted many people who claim to be God, but not in a prophetic way. And they get behind cameras and going, "I'm God." But what they're saying is like, listen, listen, I don't know what deity you think, but but I, was, I wasn't made right, and, and so I need to change. It's my life. I do what I want to do. I'm God. And we don't submit to the God who created us and knows us. And so many, many kids, many teenagers, many young adults, many old adults will sit there and they'll say, okay, I had enough. I'm God. I... Many of our many of our brothers and our sisters out there don't have the peace that we have. And they keep seeking it. They keep seeking, you know what, listen, here, here's what will make me happy. If I do this, this, and this, I'll be happy. If I can just be this, this, and this, I'll be happy. If I identify as something other than I am, what they need to realize is that, is that once Adam sinned and sin fractured everything, the only remedy is Jesus Christ to bring peace in their hearts. That's the only remedy. That's the remedy for you all. And, and that's why you're here. You're going, Yes! And that's what breaks your heart when you see people who are broken and damaged and, and standing up, shaking their little fists, going, I'm God. I'm God. And you go, whoa, 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 I know how this ends. Oh, oh. What happened? How did you get so damaged? What lies did you believe? How were you deceived? You see, that's what it should do for us Christians. It should bring us to our knees in prayer, praying for these young people. Oh, they're not like Antiochus Epiphanes that stand up and go, listen, you need to worship me. But they're not bowing down to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I want you to think about this for just a minute. I I, I mentioned it briefly on one Sunday, but I I want you to think about this. Notice what the Antichrist says. Then the king shall do according to his own will. Okay, so he's going to do according to his own will. And that's what a lot of people are doing now. I'm going to do my thing. It's up to me. My will. My life. I'm God. I'm God. And I think, wow. If our spirit is not born again, and we're we're not transformed from the inside out, Then we're going to go through life with that same spirit that the Antichrist, my will, my will. But then one day, the Bible says that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. You and I have already bowed the knee. Now we we know he, Jesus Christ is. And so go. Okay, so we're bowing. But I wonder what is their what is what what is this self willed. I'm God, I'm gonna, it's my life going to be when, when the Lord says, you need to bow to me. I don't think you're going to go, I don't think there's going to be people going, oh, I was wrong, sorry. I think they're going to fight him every step of the way. I will not bow, I'm God, I will not bow. And, and, and think about this. Think about this. The reason you're saved is because it was a work of the Holy Spirit that brought you into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The scales fell from your eyes. And there are people out there who are just, they're just hard. No, thank you. No, thank you. The Lord Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. There are people that are going to go, no, thank you. No, I don't, don't even talk to me about this. And you go, okay, amen. You move on. But you look for the ones that go, tell me why you're different. Tell me why you have joy. Tell me why there's spe- And those are the ones you go, oh, oh, let me tell you. And they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So the king, guys, shall do according to his own will. That's the first thing. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every God. That's a little G God. So he's gonna be, he's going to be the king. He's going to be the one. He is the ruler. We've already talked about him in chapter 7. We talked about the horn. We talked all about this. But I want to show you his resume. I mean, think about this. People are going to, they're going to flock to him and they're going to uplift him, and he's going to accept that praise. He's going to go, yes, yes, yes. Ben is it the rabbi? Is it the rabbi that you're talking about the 30 is it the could it could it be him? I don't know, but I know this. I know a lot of people are flocking to this young rabbi at 32 years old. This guy is going to speak blasphemies against the God of God. He's going to prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. Look at verse 37. He shall regard neither the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard of any God. For he shall exalt himself above them all. Okay, here's what we know. We know everything about this prophecy. You guys got to mark this somewhere in your Bible. Um, Was not fulfilled in the career of Antiochus Epiphanes. You go, no. Jesus specifically said the real abomination of desolation is still in the future. Matthew 24, 15. The Apostle Paul paraphrased Daniel eleven thirty six 36 in reference to the coming Antichrist. Jot this down in your Bibles, guys. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 and 4. Paul writes, Let no one deceive you by any means. There it is again. Don't be deceived. For that day will not come unless a falling away comes first. And the man of sin revealed the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's what Paul writes. That's what Paul writes in the New Testament. But here's what you need to ask yourself, real quickly, guys. First and foremost, am I being deceived? Because Jesus said, don't be deceived. Paul says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by any means. That day is not going to come until a falling away comes first. You have to ask yourself this question Do we see a falling away? Do we see the church shrinking? Do we see a falling away of biblical principles and the word of God? Because then that day is approaching. That day is approaching. Wow, do I see that? Do I see, is there a falling, is there a falling away? Is there a falling away? I don't know if you would consider this a falling away, but I know this. I know when when I got saved many many years ago um churches still had Wednesday night Sunday morning Sunday night they they just had church pretty much all the time and people went to church it wasn't an option you didn't you didn't I mean th- this was and uh 40 years later we seem to see a falling away of, of biblical principles and being in church. You see, the Bible says that we're here to be equipped with the Word of God so we can do the work of ministry. But you need to understand that every one of you has a gift and you possess a gift and when you come into church, when you come into the iglesia, when you come in here, you're using your gift to encourage other people. And you're using a gift that God specifically designs to you. It's not just you going, well, they won't miss me if I'm not there. No, we'll miss you when you're not here because you've brought a gift to the body of Christ. And you need to look at it that way. Oh, I've got a gift. I need to be there. I need, I need, to, I need to grow and I need to be equipped. Because I don't know who I'm going to run in tomorrow that's going to need exactly what I just learned tonight. I don't know or maybe god brought you here tonight so that you can encourage somebody who really needs encouragement and you meet him out there hey how you doing how's it going good are you doing good and you get to talk a little bit And you go really i'm not doing that good let me pray for you you have somebody who really just encouraged you wow i would have missed that i would have missed that but i don't know is there a falling away is there a falling away? Paul says that that's what's going to happen. Back in our Daniel study, I want to show you something that jumped off the page to me. The Bible says here in verse 37 that he shall, what? He shall regard neither the God of his fathers nor desire women. So a couple, that just jumped out of the page with me and I had to really do some research. So is the Antichrist going to be Jewish? Because he says that's the God of his fathers. Who is he Jewish? Well, it would stand to reason because Christ was Jewish. And so the Israelites are expecting the Meshach to be Jewish. their Messiah. So I started thinking, well, some of the people that I was talking about, you know, in the world, some of these world leaders, well, they're not Jewish. And so it's really hard for them to be but it also says this, catch this, the second part. It says that neither, they're going to desire the women. And so I said, well, what does that mean, Lord? Is, is it mean that is is, what does it mean? And so I, I started looking, and everybody had different commentaries. Let me give you two schools of thought, okay? I'll just give you what they say, okay? Some believe the Antichrist will be of Jewish descent and will be homosexual. Because he doesn't desire a woman. He's like, nope. Now, why did that jump off the page well because that's exactly what we're facing in 2023 we're facing a lot of this in the world and you go oh well that, that well that might be easy to pinpoint these days i don't know well that's him That's him i don't know that's one school of thought but a lot of commentators said no 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 it, it doesn't mean that it means that he wants to he wants to look and act a lot like jesus and when Jesus was on the world, he, he didn't have any desire for a woman to have, to have a relationship with and be married and, and procreate and so forth. He, he had a mission and a Messiah, so everybody goes, oh, okay, well, the reason he doesn't have a wife is because, well, he's the Messiah. You have to decide. What is it? I'm not going to be here, so we'll have to see. Maybe from heaven we'll be like, oh, dude, I was way off. <laughs> wow, man. I to- Sorry, Craig, I totally taught you wrong. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. But these are the thoughts, and this is, why I don't, this is why I don't stand on one specific thing. But I want you to see his resume just a little bit. Just a little bit. He's not going to regard neither the God of his fathers nor the desire of women, no regard to any God. But what's he going to do? He shall exalt himself above them all. Who does that remind you of? It reminds you of Satan, doesn't it? When he was up in heaven, he's a worship leader in heaven, and he says, you know what? Here's the deal. I'm going to be like God. I'm going to ascend my throne above God's throne, and what did God do? <laughs> Cast him down like lightning. <laughs> One-third of the angels fall him. Now, Think about this. Think about this. You're in heaven with God. You're an angel. And here's this other angel. And he talks you into going and and rebelling against God. You see God. You know who's more powerful. And yet, these angels followed him. Wow. Wow. You go, what does that mean? Here it is. This is from the Lord, guys. Make sure your walks are pure. So that you're not deceived by anything that's going back and forth. Oh, we, we need to follow. We don't follow man, do we? We follow Jesus. You got a guy, you got a guy on, on, on the internet, you got a guy on social media, you got a guy on TV, and he's doing miracles, and, and, and he's claiming to be Jesus. I guarantee you the world's going to follow that dude. Right off the bat. And they're going to try to convince you that you need to follow him. Hey, listen, you got you to gotta follow this guy. You got to follow him, man. He's, he's incredible. Man, we were we were at one of his rallies, doesn't that sound... We were at one of his rallies, and he called lightning down from... I mean, this dude is legit, man. You need to go. And if you see it, and you're not rooted and grounded in the Word of God, listen to me, church, you will be deceived. You have to shake your head and say, no, 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 I'm sticking with God's Word. Genesis to Revelation, I'm going to stick with that Word. Yeah, but you don't see what's going on. I don't need to see what's going on. I'm going to stick with God's word. He goes on in verse 38. He says, But in their place he shall honor the God of fortresses, and God which his fathers did not know, he shall honor with gold, silver, precious stone, and pleasant things. Thus he shall act against the strongest fortress. With a foreign God, he shall acknowledge and advance its glory and he shall cause them to rule over many and divide a land for gain. You go, Ben, what's he saying? He, here, here, Here's what you need to grasp here. The Antichrist is going to be so powerful and he's going to have this military might and he's going to have this shrewd use of great riches. This is what he's going to be like. He is going to be very, very, very very powerful, very powerful. Think about this for just a moment. Think about this for just a moment. I'm going to use this visual illustration. If I called Pastor Soph up here and I said, "Soph, listen, bro, let's let's walk together. Let's walk." And him and I, we just walked together. We just walked back and forth. I'm saying, Soph, walk one side of the sanctuary together. And he's like, okay, Ben, I trust you. And we begin to walk this way. Not a problem. Not a, not a problem. We walked, right? If I came back and I said, Soph, man, listen, the other day in the pool, I tried to throw you. You were too. Um, I, I know how strong you are. And I asked, and this is visual only. And I asked Pastor Soph, I said, Soph, listen, put your hands up like this. Put your two fists like this. And, and Soph does that. He puts his fists like this. And out of the blue, I take a step back, and I put my fist, and I start pushing on Soph, what do you think is going to happen? Immediately, his reaction is to fight back. That's his reaction. He's not going to go, what are you doing? Especially in front of everybody, right? He's going to be like, mm watch this. That's how we are. See, as long as me and Soph are walking together, He's going to walk. He's, he, he, we're, we're just going to follow. But the moment I. He's going to resist. He's going to push back. You, you guys see? You have the visual? Okay. The Antichrist has to do something so that people don't push back. He has to get us to the place where we go, oh, I see. We're we'll walking. Right now, you believers are pushing back. Oh, no, 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 we're not going to put any part. You are not going after our children. We're pushing back. You are not going to. We, we are bold. We have purpose. and That's why the breakdown of human society is fine because once the Christians are gone, humanity will be broken to what? To push back? No, to walk. We're already indoctrinated into where the Antichrist is going. You see how that works? You see how that... Right now, we're the push. We're the, push we're the, we're the Here we go. And we're standing our ground. If we're not here, guess what happens? Well, the Holy Spirit's not here to convict us and go, no, 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 this needs to stop. No, no, no don't do that. Hey, we need to stop this. We need to take a stand. Church needs to rise up. You have people going, I don't see what's wrong with it. It's for our own good. Why don't we do this? The Antichrist, guys, he's going to honor the God of fortresses. Keep that in mind. He's going to take hold of, I think about this, guys, he's going to take hold of power with military might. So you have to have a guy, and this is just, this is free, you have to have a guy who knows something about military. Okay? The, the resume of the rabbi in Israel who, who is being um, titled the false messiah doesn't have a huge resume of military might. You've got to have somebody who's going to be a great leader military-wise because he's going to lead a giant military power. You're going, okay, so he's got to do this, and he's got to and he's got to be he's got to be super smart economically he's got to be we could go through a list of them, but think about this and then it says in verse forty, let's keep going at that time, the end of the king of the south shall attack him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, horsemen, and many ships, and he shall enter the countries overwhelm them and pass through and he shall also enter the glorious land that's israel and many countries shall be overthrown but these shall escape from his hand who edom moab and the prominent people of ammon he shall stretch out his hand against the countries and the land of egypt shall not escape so let's 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 unpack this here it says at the end of the or at the time of the end So the angel here is described to Daniel, a confederation of kings coming against this great leader with a battle in and near the Holy Land. So all of a sudden now, in order for him to gain worldwide acceptance, there's going to be, well, we could call it this, this is my opinion, standing on the side of the pulpit, World War III. It's going to be a great war. But I think it's going to be pretty much one and done because the Bible says that he will have great power. He's going to have the power of Satan. And so this is what you need to know. Well, you go, what what, what is he talking about? The kings of the. Well, it says, the king of the south will attack him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind. Prophetically speaking, a precise identification of people to mention is really difficult. The king of the south may be Egypt or represent just Arab community. The king in the north may be the Antichrist domain, as it was the new Antiochus Epiphanes, or it could even be Russia, the king of the north. You're like, wow. Let me, let me really quickly just, just get you to put on some, some your thinking caps for a second. Okay? Because if you're like me, you go, how could it be Russia? I thought in Ezekiel 38 and 39, Russia and the coalition come in, and then God wipes them out in Ezekiel 38. You go, okay, yeah. But Russia is not not dumb enough to send all their troops. They've got a coalition. So there might even be a remnant of Russia still wanting to join in and, and attack whatever they feel against this. I don't know. It's just an opinion. But I want you to think, wow, wow. So who is it? I don't know. I don't want to find out. But it says this. It says that, yet he shall come to his end, notice what it says, and no one will help him. It's the, at the end of verse 45. In the end, there is no hope for the Antichrist or any of his followers. What do you mean? Listen. Since all of us plan to never see this guy, how does this impact our lives? You go, oh, okay, good. Like we discussed, let's go back and let's let the scriptures read us. Okay, so we don't plan to see him. So how does this Bible study uh, plan? How does this? Because I, I I see his resume. Amen. Okay. Now. What you don't want to do is go on the internet and try to figure out who this is. Da, 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 da. He's a great military power. He's got this. He's got that. He's got... It'll drive you crazy. God knows who he is. We're not going to see him. So how does this Bible study impact our lives? Okay. Let me elaborate just a little bit. When I read these verses, I get the picture, church, in the character of the Antichrist. But how does it impact my life today? Well, I want to go through just a few characteristics and make sure that they're not showing up in my walk with Jesus. You ready? I want to look at three major character flaws and I want to search my heart. Okay, so here's what you need to do. You say, Lord, let the scriptures read me. Look at verse 36a. It says, Then the king shall do according to his will. You guys see that? Let the scripture read you. As believers, as fully devoted followers of God, make sure and and really check your heart that we don't adopt a life of our own will. Our own will. You go, what does that mean? Doing whatever we please. That's pride. That's pride. Pride was the sin of Satan first promoted in the Garden of Eden. And it's still promoting to this day. Guys, we live in a world that says toot your own horn, climb your own ladder, where people shout, look at me! But the Bible warns us against the sin of pride. Listen to Proverbs 16 and 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has um, has dealt each one of us a measure of faith. Think about pride, guys. Think about pride that, that, that we just get this way. I'm somebody. Look at me. Worship me. Bow down to me. I'm the boss. I'm the CEO. I'm this. I'm that. I'm the mega church pastor. I'm the, the whatever it might be. The great. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. you and I should really do a heart check and make sure we're not thinking ourselves more highly than we ought to think. We should walk humbly, oh Lord, that you would even use me, that you would even use any one of us for your glory is unbelievable. Let me, let me just say something because this is what the Lord told me. I remember I was I was I was talking to the Lord and it really hit me and I told Matthew this the other day. You know what? God doesn't owe us anything. Like 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 you know how we try to twist God's arm or we manipulate him a little bit and we're like, "God, he doesn't owe us anything." Do you realize that the Bible tells us that God was complete in and of himself even before man was created? He was com- he didn't need us. He didn't go, "I'm so lonely. I need to make men because He was complete, the Father, Son, and Spirit. He wants a relationship with us, but we have to understand humility comes from knowing that God doesn't owe me anything. I owe him everything. I owe him everything. That's one thing we need to check our hearts. It's pride. Pride. When we're blessed, guys, it's because God chose to bless us, not because of anything else. Uh, reminded me of a funny story about a turtle. A turtle in upstate New York wanted to winter in Florida. And since this poor little turtle had little tiny legs, he knew it was too far to walk. So he convinced two geese to tie a rope around their necks and fly south while he hung on his vice-like jaws clamped to the rope. So you had two geese, and there's the turtle hanging on. As they approached Florida, some other geese joined in the formation. Very impressed with the getup, one said, Hey, who thought of this brilliant idea? The turtle immediately opened his mouth to say, I did, and he fell to his death. That's pride. That's pride. Number two. Number two, letting the scriptures read us. Chapter or chapter eleven, verse thirty-six eight, it says, He will he shall exalt and magnify himself above every God. He'll puff himself up and posture himself as a greater. You go, how does this read us? We'll make sure we guard our hearts from magnifying ourselves above everyone else. The Bible says in Micah 6.8, New Living Translation says, No, people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6.8. In First Peter 5.6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. You see, every one of us, as we serve the Lord here on earth, we're going to get a crown. When we get to heaven, we're going to get a crown. But the Bible says we're going to take those crowns and we're going to lay them at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because the crown that we get here on earth is the Lord all all the time. The gifts and the talents and the ability to make money and your job and the brain that God gave you, it's all him. It's all him. And I love the fact that he has given every one of us beautiful, wonderful gifts. We're all, we're all, some he's given you a couple of gifts, but he's given us gifts. But those gifts are for the Lord Jesus. I want you to think of something, too. If you're a tree and you're going to produce fruit, the fruit is for other people to come by and pick. So your fruit that you bear for other people. That's the glory of God. That's where you and I go. How can I magnify? It's just, I'm just a tree. I'm just a lonely tree. But what about the fruit that you're producing? Well, it's not for me. It's not for me. You know what my fruit is? My fruit is to encourage Mel. Mel, how are you doing today? Good job. You walking with the Lord? Anything you need? Yeah. Mel goes, that was great encouragement. Ah, That was good. That was good. You know your fruit. Your fruit is to pray with the brother, pray with the sister. Hey, let me just pray for you. Let me just pray for you. We don't think ourselves, guys. We just don't think ourselves. And, and I think this is the scripture: "Lord, where where am I? I don't want to magnify myself above anybody else. I don't want, especially if we're pastors, because we're servants." Ministers are just servants. And we need to be served. We're not just because we stand up here and we're on a platform doesn't mean that we're anything. And that's the problem today, don't you think? Many people they, they 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 lift the pastor up to a place where he's he's unstable. And when the pastor falls, so goes the church. We lift no man but the Lord Jesus. Let me give you the last one and then we'll close. In Chapter 11, verse 38, it says, He shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and pleasant things. You can write next to that money. Money. Lord, what am I doing with my money? How am I blessing you? You see, Jesus said you cannot serve God and money. Money. So what's he telling us? Well, if the scripture is going to read us, here's what he's saying. When it comes to our money, we're called to honor God with our money. With our money. We're called to give above and beyond. We're called to bless. I don't know what that looks like in your life, but we have to look and say, God, you've blessed me so much. Here's, here, here's, here's what you need bad. Here's Here you go. Here you go. It's not my money. Oh, no, no, no. Here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get technical. Okay, because God only told me to give 10%, 10%, right? You go, okay, but if you really do the math, the Bible in the Old Testament, it comes out to 23.5%. If you want to do technical, okay, it's 23.5. You're going, oh, I'd like the 10% better. But then you'll twist my arm and you'll go, hey, I got an idea. Nowhere in the New Testament does it talk about 10%, does it? Nowhere in the New Testament, I say, amen, it doesn't. You know what Jesus said? Jesus says it's 100%. You give it all to him. I like the 10% better, Pastor. I'm over here. I'm, I'll give it to No, 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 no. Think about this, guys. Think about this. Here's the point. Just honor God with your money. Understand, when it comes in, you go, Lord, this is yours. This is yours. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to bless people? How do you want me to bless people? Can't take it with you. Give it away now. Give it away. Just bless people. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and the truth in your word, God. We love you so much. And Father, this next song that we do, it's so cool because it's God is in control. And even though we talked about the Antichrist, you're still in control. And I pray that as we listen to the words, Lord... Lord, it's like us, Lord, singing directly to you. So I pray this last worship song would be for an audience of one. We pray this in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.